So in class, I was confronted by a student and they told me how they know I'm old. You want to know how? How did, it was, uh, how, did, how did they find this out? Because I use articles for things. So when I was like, in like one of the lectures, I was like, if you go on the Facebook, and so as soon as you use like the- Stop. <laughs> you're like- Not the the. Welcome to TikTok Theology, a podcast that tackles the major trending topics on social media that concern the Christian faith. I'm Megan. And I'm Steven. We know you can't form a theology in three minutes or less, but those videos can identify current issues. TikTok will give us the prompt, and then we'll do a deep dive. Thanks for joining us in this exploration. Hi, friends. Welcome back. It's almost Christmas time. We're getting real excited for it. And in the honors of Christmas time, we're talking about self-centered worship songs. (laughs) So relevant. So relevant. I realized I had an epiphany the other day that I was like, oh my gosh. Christmas songs are literally worship songs and mm. I don't worship. I, 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 and I just like, boo, boo, doo, boo, doo, but I don't like think about, I had that epiphany the other day. I was like, Oh my gosh, do I need to raise my hands? Yeah. When um, these songs come Charles on? Wesley, John Wesley's brother who wrote like oh. 900 hymns. Uh, <laughs> like, like not, that's not even, I believe you. Like, it's like literal. I like believe literal. I, uh, I painfully believe that his, his, uh, one of his most famous songs was hark the herald angels sing. See, and I don't worship to that song and I'm like, do I need to? Yeah. I feel it's like so I, good. I know it's become so casual. I listen to Mariah Carey sing it. No. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Oh, wait a second. Yeah. No, Mariah Carey be doing runs like every five seconds. I know. I'm like, Hey girl, you I can't even like Charles Wesley or whatever. Some justice here. I can't think about Mariah Carey without all I need for Christmas. is All you. I want for Christmas is you. Or, yeah. <laughs> She's defrosting. Let me tell you something right now. <laughs> there it is, yeah. Anyways. So today we're chatting about self-centered worship songs. And that is something that has, I think, risen to a higher topic in the social media space, especially for since Stephanie Gretzinger, um, who's a super well-known Christian worship leader um, and songwriter, is kind of talking out in her own like podcast and her own journey Mm -hmm. of what worship really is meant to be and how we should be worshiping worship songs, all that kind of stuff. And so um, I know that there's been there for some people, there's a divide on, Oh my gosh, like, but I still like to sing my, (laughs) my maybe less quote unquote, theologically accurate songs Mm -hmm. or my more self-centered songs. And so we're going to kind of jump into what that would mean and how, how we feel about, what songs belong in a worship space, all that good stuff. So this uh, topic is of particular interest to me. Right. I, I chair the worship arts and media program here and I've published a couple of books on worship. Just a handful. You know what I mean? Handful of good stuff. And, uh, <laughs> and I've thought a lot about it and stuff like that. By no means am I like the expert, but this would be one of my areas of expertise. Like, it is. I feel like hopefully, you know, I'll say something that can help people. Impart you know, some good wisdom. Impart some good wisdom. Absolutely. But at the same time, we're all worshipers, right? Yes. And so- you know, you are not just a bystander. Mm-hmm. You're a worshiper yourself. Right. And so I think everybody has a voice in this conversation. For sure. You know what I mean? And so, um, and so listeners too. So hopefully, you know, hopefully it's helpful. So I think first thing we got to do is define some terms. And yeah. I think that's always crucial because if we're not talking about worship in the same way, <laughs> then um, we're going to be talking past each other. You yeah, know what I mean? absolutely. So, um, First, I define worship as turning our hearts towards God as a response to God's self-revelation. So what this means is that um, it's an active thing. We're not just mirroring back something to God. We're not just um, kind of like recapitulating something back, but we're actually active. We're turning our hearts towards him as he has first revealed himself to us. It's also much broader because it you see that that definition doesn't just say musical worship. Right. It doesn't just say singing songs. Yes. So like 
anything that we do that turn our hearts towards God in response to his revelation is an act of worship. Mm -hmm. So prayer, you know, praying, praying with each other and for each other, like gathering in community and and just like kind of loving each other in the, and you know, in a, in a godly way, you know what I'm saying? This Mm -hmm. is also, these are also acts of worship. You know, a sermon is an act of worship. All these things are, you know, obviously communion and um, baptisms and the rituals that we do. Those are all responses. Those are all us turning our hearts towards God. So that would be kind of worship broadly speaking. Yeah. Then when we start talking about what we do in the church, we might consider that public worship. Mm-hmm. So I would, I would define that as like refers to what believers do when they gather together in a church community as they collectively respond to God. So this is like a corporate worship response. Yeah, so that would be the, the typical worship section of church where the pastor speaks and you sing three songs and- <laughs> Yeah, I think, I think that's how some people would define it, especially Pentecostal evangelicals. Sure. But then there's other traditions that would define the whole service as worship. Okay. They'll say stuff like, so for our reformed listeners, they're gonna be like, yup. So they'll be like, hey, are you going to join us in worship today? And they're talking about the whole service. They're like, are you coming? Yeah, exactly. Are you showing up to worship? <laughs> that's, that's right. And so everything yeah. is a prayer response and, and, uh, and you know, brought back to God. Mm-hmm. And I think that's actually technically more appropriate. Yeah. Right. And so, uh, you know, we, we equivocate just the music to it, but it is really everything that we're doing in that mm-hmm. service. Um, we worship when we give, we worship when we yeah. um, greet each other with a holy kiss back in the day. Now we're a little standoffish. You know what I mean? We'll give yeah. a holy high five. Holy fist bump. You know, holy fist bump. Holy Christian wave. Yeah. Which <laughs> I prefer that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Holy fist bump's good. Holy fist bump. <laughs> so, um, and then there's private worship and this concerns what happens between an individual and God as he or she responds to God. Mm-hmm. So you can worship anytime. Yeah. So when I'm deep in prayer and I'm listening to God, you know, just walking around in regular everyday situations, driving to work, all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Even just like listening and doing theology. I think you mentioned that one time in the previous episode. Yeah, that education is, is worship, worship too. Because mm-hmm. if, if you're thinking about it broadly, that we're turning our hearts towards God as a response to his self-revelation, mm-hmm. that's what we're doing when we're trying to learn about him. Yeah, You know what I mean? Yeah, We're trying to love our Lord our God with all our hearts, mind, soul, and strength. Yeah. So yeah, so those are just to get a little bit out of the way there. Do you already see anything about just even the defining worship, <laughs> does that even speak towards, um, you know, the, the issue of self-centered worship songs? I mean, I think that if we're defining worship as like the life that we live <laughs> is like the whole, everything that we do in response to God, mm-hmm. which if we're Christians should be everything, right? then that is, I mean, if you're doing any of that selfishly, I think regardless, <laughs> right. then I think that addresses that issue of like, I'm not just living for me, mm-hmm. I'm living for God. I'm not just giving you know, cause I have the money I'm giving towards the Lord. Like all of that kind of works together to define, well, if our whole lives are worship, mm-hmm. then it's not just the songs you sing, it's how you're living. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even the self glorifying aspect of it, like Jesus called out the Pharisees for praying loudly and, you know, <laughs> like looking like a boss, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Absolutely. And he said, he said, you have received your worth in full your reward in full. Right. Basically what you were aiming for. You got. It was glory mm-hmm. for your own glory and you got it. So, but then he was saying, don't do what they do. You know, pray in the, in the secret, in the quiet place. Yeah. Um, because he was calling them out, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think to address what Stephanie Gretzinger is saying, can you give us a little more context of like how she is talking about self-centeredness in worship? Like what Mm -hmm. is she saying to do and not do? Yeah. So I have, I mean, ironically, my knowledge of her, of this conversation with her is, is from TikTok. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Irony, not lost, <laughs> but um, she's doing like this kind of context of, uh, of bringing people in on a podcast. And she's been having these conversations of um, worship in the sense of like singing. So when she's talking about worship, she's talking about music. like the musical aspect of like corporate worship. Like, are we writing worship songs and are we singing worship songs in um, church contexts or um, like yeah. elevation or Maverick city or sure. Hillsong, like that kind of space. And so she's kind of bringing this call to make your worship have very little to do. Like, it's not about, Oh, thank you Lord for what you do for me mm-hmm. kind of thing where it's not, she's trying to encourage us to take like ourselves completely out of worship that's being written or sung yeah. and saying that worship is its purest form when it's praising God for who he is Mm -hmm. and not anything so much to do with us. And so there would be like certain songs that she would say like, Oh, it's, it's, that's so that's very Mm self-focused. Like those worship songs are saying like, thank you. Like, Lord, you did stuff for me instead of Lord, thank you and praise you for who you are just because you're God. Gotcha. And so she's kind of making a push of, we need to remove ourselves from the equation of worship period mm-hmm. is kind of what I've understood her conversation to be about um, based on like her personal journey and her convictions and what she's yeah. seen in her space is that we kind of are becoming too focused period of writing songs that like tickle our emotions mm-hmm. and evoke emotion in us instead of being about this is how I come to the foot of the cross. This is how I praise Jesus, this kind of thing. And it's more about us. And I think that that she's giving like a general, like let's be cautious of how we're doing that. Yeah. And I think that's really good, but I think it needs nuance on on what we're we're talking about here. Yeah. Cause for one, she's speaking kind of directly to the evangelical and Pentecostal traditions. Yeah. And these traditions uh, of which we're part they're, mm-hmm. they come from revivalists. They're, they're revivalist traditions. Yeah. They come from, um, you know, the first and second great awakenings and, um, and the way they do stuff, it's all oriented towards dramatic responses yeah. to God. Yes. Like dramatic individual responses to God. Yeah. So if it is a revival, you come into uh, a worship service, you come into the tent revival or something like that. Yeah. And you have all this junk that you're carrying in, you experience God in this profound way Mm -hmm. and you go to the altar, um, you either get saved or you (laughs) reconnect or something. Yeah. But, um, but it is very personal. And it's a very emotional experience. It's very emotional. Yes. And again, part of that in the, after the enlightenment, the reason why the first great awakening was so powerful was because they were actually adhering to the emotions of people as Mm -hmm. part of our human constitution. Right. So before that, it was such a, like worship was so rational and, and like, um, and just, you know, yes. um, so they were, they were like, Hey, no, we're actually emotional pe- people too. Yes. And so when they're actually like preaching in a way that actually gears toward the emotions, people responded really well. Yeah. And truth be told, we are constituted this way. Mm-hmm. We're rational and we're emotional and we beings. Emotional. Yes. And so when we worship God in fullness, we should engage all of that. But what I think Stephanie Gretzinger is doing is she's kind of, putting a, a parameter mm-hmm. reeling us back in to, yeah. Hey, have you gone too far on the emotional side of things? Yeah. Like don't use, lose the theology of your worship mm-hmm. in favor of experience, experiencing good emotions. Right. And I think that's what she is kind of putting a caution on. And I saw somebody said this, I can't remember who, and I'm sorry, <laughs> but I saw something and it was like, most people get their theology from worship. Yeah. And it was, and I was like, huh, 
or from worship or the sermon. Like, yeah, from like morning. people are getting a majority of their theology from their church services. Right. And from, and that's why even like I encounter people who will say things to me and I'm like, oh, where, where'd you, where'd you get that from? And they're like, oh, I, my pastor said it. Or like it's in this song. Or it's like in this, yeah, yeah. it's in, it's in that song or whatever. And I'm like, oh, yeah. But like, have we d- like, but they don't necessarily know the verse or whatever, which is like, not like, I'm not knocking that. But I mean, if we are then saying and acknowledging that sermons and worship songs are where people are building their theology from, yeah. then we need to be accountable to what we're including in those worship songs and sermons to make sure that they are communicating a correct and accurate theology. Yeah. Like an example, is there a verse that says, the rocks cry out in silence. I don't think silence. I think it's um, if the, it's the verse of like, if you don't cry out, the rocks will. Right. That's what I told a student. And cause he was writing a song in one of my songwriting students. Yeah. And he was like, he said that and I was like, dude, that's not in the Bible. He was like, yeah, it is. And I was, I was like, where it's in. So will I, the it's song in so will it's, I. In, it's in. So will I, yes, right. but it is, an yeah. ab- it's not technically the verse. Yeah. And it's not, it's not like it's blasphemous or anything mm-hmm. to say that, Yeah, but it's also not biblical. So he, like when you're trying to like, you know, you got a theology from a song and not necessarily from, and it's like, the well, that's then. true, but that's not what that verse is talking about. <laughs> Philippians 4 13. Um, you know, I can do all things through Christ. Mm-hmm. Through me. That's after Paul is talking about, I've had a lot and I've had a little and I, and God can carry through yep. because he's in jail because he's actually in jail. Yes. <laughs> because time. he's quite literally in jail. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's like almost like they're, they're verses. They're like, no, I can ish. dunk. I can dunk. You know what I'm saying? Cause I can in do the name things. of Jesus. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> praise um, God. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a good point. Yeah. So um, I think we need to understand a little bit about the context of what's going on. And I think context matters. If we're really going to nuance what she's saying mm-hmm. and how what she's saying might seem to go too far in a particular context, sure. but it might be exactly right for, for a particular others. context. Yeah. yeah. So this idea of like personal savior, even that mm-hmm. I accept Jesus as my own personal savior, that idea, that talk took off. It's from the pietist movement and it really took off in the great awakening. Mm -hmm. So it's all up in our revivalist theology, but then there's other traditions that don't even talk about that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So when we think about the different streams of worship, I, in my book, and and actually a couple of my books that I write, I typically compare three. I compare the evangelical Pentecostal and the reformed traditions because those are the three that kind of hover around our Protestant, you know, theology of where we're at, where we kind of like get into, Mm -hmm. get involved. So the evangelical tradition, um, so we'll have like a lot, you know, Baptist, you know, non-denom that just kind of speak towards it. They hold the Bible into like super high view. And if you think about what's the worst case scenario of, if you hold the Bible into such a high view, there's people that say that, oh, you don't need the Holy Spirit. You have the Bible. Right. I've literally heard people say that. Me as well. And so that would go all the way to, you've just idolized the Bible. Mm. Like that's bibliolatry, which mm. is the actual term for it. But like yeah. you just made the Bible into an idol, something that is good. You just mm-hmm. made it into an idol. Yeah. Whereas the reform tradition can get so caught up in tradition and, mm. um, and rituals that you can idolize them. Mm-hmm. And so, like communion and and the things that we do in a certain order and you can only do it a certain way. Yeah. It can go that way for Pentecostals. We do experience. We, yeah. Idolize the experience and emotion. We can idolize the experience itself. Mm-hmm. All three of these worship traditions when unchecked can all form into an idolatry mm-hmm. of the things that actually define us well. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So a high view of the Bible, a high view of experience and uh, a beautiful sense of ritual those are all beautiful aspects of each of these worship traditions, but mm-hmm. they can all be idolized when they're not set into check. Right. And so I think Stephanie Gretzinger is not going to speak very well to 
reformed traditions that aren't necessarily coming from a revivalist background. Right. Um, because what they'll, when they're looking at everything as worship, a lot of their songs are prayers. They'll do a song that's a yes. prayer of repentance and then they'll do a prayer of repentance right after that corporate. And then they'll do a song that's doing this and then they'll pray this way and they'll, they'll kind of go back and forth like that in a worship set. Yeah. Whereas we will do a, you know, four songs, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Our typical. We'll, we'll do a song. We'll have the announcements, three songs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then, and then we'll have the sermon come up and then we'll do a and song. Then we and pray and then we song us out. <laughs> right. That typical thing, because that's very revival tent revival thing. That's, yeah. that's what you do. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's a response in the end, altar call and stuff like that, which is also good and beautiful in its own way, but that's where she's speaking towards. So I think that's important. Yeah. Also, I think so some worship traditions, you know, there's a theology that's implicit in it. And so some of the theology, we talked about this in our first episode, they could be secondary issues that they're mm-hmm. dealing with. Yeah. And so, for example, In Christ Alone, you know a song? In Christ Alone. Get it, Megan, get it. My hope. You guys, mm. don't worry, All the next podcast episode is just going to be me. <laughs> Acapella singing <laughs> there worship you go. songs. So In Christ Alone um, speaks towards a penal substitutionary atonement, which is a very specific type of uh, of view of atonement. Yes. Um, and not every Christian holds to that. Mm-hmm. It's really a secondary belief. Yeah. And so some people might get bothered by that and they're like, Oh, it's theologically inaccurate or it's theologically incorrect. When yeah. no, you just actually just saying a secondary thing that was very correct for that worshiping community. Yeah. But not for you because you're coming from it from a Pentecostal or evangelical perspective. Right. And vice versa, Pentecostals get pooped on all the time. You know what I mean? For like, oh, that's not theologically correct. No, that's just part of Pentecostal theology. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's a secondary issue within our yeah. uh, Pentecostal For us, theology. that's very, very foundational. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so when we're talking about spiritual gifts, being a sign and a wonder, those kind of things in, in worship, um, it's just part of our theology. It's not theologically incorrect. So yeah. that's another thing too. So when some people talk about like, hey, make sure that your th- the theology of worship in your song is correct. The one question you got to ask from like, what theology, what yeah. are you coming from? Where right. are you coming from? What is your tradition? Mm-hmm. Because your view is it like, well, no, I just hold the Bible. The Bible is interpreted homie. And you're interpreting it through your tradition. Right. Right. Yeah. And so that is something that we need to have grace towards each other. And we need to have better understanding towards each other's traditions. Yes. Before we can adequately judge what yeah. they're doing. Like we can't judge stoic worship because it doesn't tickle our emotions right. and be like, well, this doesn't, this isn't worship because I don't feel anything because they're not trying because to, because they're not trying to, right. Yeah, exactly. cause that's not the point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then if we're jumping up and down and, and raising hands and all that kind of stuff, like mm-hmm. that's how we experience it. Like I yeah. went to a Baptist school and we would do worship in chapel and mm. no hands were raised. Mm. Everyone was just standing there. Nobody had like, any questions. No, just reciting. Just <laughs> You're done. Just was like reciting the words and that was how they worshiped. Yeah. But like when I went to college and I came to LPU, oh, hands are raised. We are jumping. Mm-hmm. Eyes are closed. People are kneeling. Like there's very expressive. different expressions of mm-hmm. like, it's very expressive for Pentecostals or in like, especially for us in, as Foursquare. And then, but in the mm-hmm. like more Baptist, like, con- like conservative, like they just, they stood there and mm-hmm. that was, it didn't mean that they worshiped any less. Yeah. Or that they loved God any less. Right. It just was a completely different expression of worship. And we should respect that. Um, and between traditions, I think mm-hmm. if we do that, we would be able to, you know, the yeah. world has so many problems. There's so many people that need Jesus. Mm-hmm. We need to band together in unity and show them Jesus instead yes. of all this infighting. And so much infighting happens here just because of differences of like, you know what I mean? Like yes. styles. Like if you like, 
Like if you like country, if you like reggaeton, you know what I'm saying? Like if you like <laughs> hip hop, you know what I'm saying? You don't have to yes. fight each other. Y'all can just enjoy the fact that you guys all like music. You know what I mean? Right. But, um, but same thing here. I think one other thing is it also matters when we talk about self-centered worship. I think the heart of what Stephanie and Gretzinger are saying is absolutely, you know, profound and correct that it needs to be aimed towards God for sure because mm-hmm. it's an act of worship. Right. But also part of that depends on what, what is the context of you doing that song? Mm-hmm. Because there's situations when a song can work and actually have a first person point of view or deal with something that like you have overcome something through the power of the Holy Spirit. Right. Like David's stuff, a lot of it is kind of self-centered, right? Yeah. God, my feelings are hurt. I want you to kill my enemies. (laughs) Nice. Nice. (laughs) But they're at least, um, you know, he's just, he's just praying. He's speaking everything. He's speaking his angst. He's speaking his issues. Yeah. Um, so, so think about a worship service. Uh, typically there's uh, different parts of it. The first part of it is called the gathering. The second part is called the word. The third part is a table and then the sending. Mm-hmm. Now that's not, you know, exactly across board, but that's kind of like a historical way of how worship services are designed yeah. and they can be designed differently in different traditions. They can handle these different sections differently. Yeah, absolutely. So a gathering would be us coming together for Pentecostals and evangelicals. We typically do like upbeat songs, you know what I'm saying? Just yeah. something to get everybody, get the blood You're going to walk into mm-hmm. various Maverick City songs. <laughs> various Maverick City songs. Everybody <laughs> clapping and swaying, you know? Yeah. Because there's something powerful about that. Like when we actually put our bodies in unison, yeah. then we can start entering into the frame of unity. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So when we're clapping together, we stop forgetting about everything that we happened before you know, the service, yeah. you know, me fighting with my daughter to get out of the car before, you know what I'm saying? That's like, so like, real. Like get out, it's time for church, you know? And so like getting a little frazzled and then mm-hmm. we start, we start moving, swaying together, clapping and singing the same words together. All of a sudden we're locked in. Yeah. There's power to that, right? There we are. Yeah. So, All doing one thing in unity, one direction. Right. Like there's something really right. special about that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But other traditions might start it with something else. The gathering might be welcome together with, you know, a prayer or, uh, you know, a brief word or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then there's also a distinction between praise and worship that some people like to make. Yes. Do you know about that? I've heard, I've heard diff- variations of praise and worship being different thing. Typically praise is like, um, usually what, how it's said, and it's not like it's really directly spoken like this in the Bible, but typically what's said is praise is us bragging about the things that God has done. Mm. Like, like, yeah, God has done this. He's awesome. Yeah, he heals and he, and he right. does things and yeah, look yeah. at him and go yeah. and yeah. <laughs> exactly. Of course. We're going to enter his gates with thanksgiving of and just course. talk about his good works, his mighty works. Absolutely. And then there's a worship, which is more personal where you're talking about the character of God. Mm-hmm. You're speaking to God directly and talking about him. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And so typically those early songs are those celebratory songs where we're just praising the name of Jesus and what he's done. Mm-hmm. And then the service moves towards this kind of like intimate, us speaking directly to God. Yeah. So in that, sometimes the songs can get where you're seeing yourself as an agent speaking to God, mm-hmm. even in the lyrics. Mm-hmm. That's not necessarily wrong either. Yeah. In the in, a, in an appropriate context, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like to talk about like a black gospel church, you know, they have a long, long tradition of singing songs of overcoming and being put on a new identity. Yeah you know, as children of God. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's rooted all the way back to being enslaved. Yeah. Right. And so if it's personal, that's not a bad thing here. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I don't know that. So, th- so there is that. And then you have also the, uh, 
the second part, the word, you know, where there's a sermon where we're hearing it, or it could be like, you know, preached and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You have the table and that's usually some kind of response. It could be the communion response or it could be any kind of response. A lot of times we respond with another song. Yeah. Um, and then here, that's very uh, typically a very ref- reflective song. Mm-hmm. We're reflecting on on what God has done and everything like that. And then there's a uh, ascending, which Pentecostal evangelicals will do song here too. Yeah. You know, so we're like sending people out and charging them up. Like that's a charge, like go and do. Yeah. Like the the worship service isn't just like you coming in, hearing a lecture, singing some songs and then going, mm-hmm. but like you're supposed to be encouraged and you're supposed to learn, yes, but you're also supposed to be charged to yeah. do something. It's gassing you up. It's gassing you you're up. You're like, when you go, Mm-hmm. You should go and be be invigorated and be excited and all that kind of stuff for your own benefit and to be the church in the world. Yeah, like now you got to go and do mm-hmm. and so so a song like that, you know, you might have something that like isn't necessarily even directed at God, mm-hmm. but at unifying the people to be charged. Right. So like for example, I remember one person um, I was talking to, and she's awesome. She's a worship leader. And she was complaining about Hillsong's Not Today. Um, you know, <laughs> Is song. that the one that's like, and the, de- say the yeah. devil no, not today. Yeah, tell the devil no, not today. Yeah, okay. Um, and so uh-huh. um, she was like, how are you going to sing a song to the devil? Oh, please. It's <laughs> <laughs> so, a funny way of framing it. And so mm-hmm. like, I mean, but again, context, you wouldn't put that smack dab in the middle of a worship service. You Probably know what I mean? not, no. Like, you know what I'm saying? You're doing like, you're a good, good father. And then tell the devil no, no not, not today. today. Like, and you're like, smart, oh, whoa. You know, but- <laughs> As a welcome or even as a charge, mm-hmm. that song could make sense. You could, as a welcome, basically say we're situating ourselves where we're not going to let the devil come and mess us up. Yeah. So you're speaking as a congregation. It's like the message version of saying in the gates of hell can't stand against us. Right. Right. <laughs> it's just a more like casual way to say that. I right. Feel like. You're making an affirmation. Mm-hmm. Right. And then or it could be even a charge at the end where you're saying like, now go out and, you know, you're going you're gonna to tell the devil, no, not today. Yeah. You're going to go do your thing. Yep. So there could be encouragements in, in that way. Yeah. So what do you think of that? I like it. I do. I, I'm not as like... I don't know. I, 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 when it comes to worship and stuff, I feel like I, even when I was hearing stuff from Stephanie, I was really like challenged to a degree. Cause I was like, Oh, I just literally never thought of it mm-hmm. like that. Cause I'm like, Oh, cause I guess the way that I worship, I guess the posture I do is when I'm worshiping, it's in a posture of response to the Lord. Right. So I never thought about, even when I was singing the songs, I was never like, this is about me mm-hmm. even when I was doing it. Yeah. And so I think it was a good like heart check where I was like, let me just take inventory real quick and make sure that it's not about me right. <laughs> and make sure. Cause I've had to, I've had to check myself before when I've been in churches that are like different. And I was like, I don't feel moved by this worship. Mm-hmm. And that's when I'm like, Oh, that's the heart check where it's yeah. like, it's not necessarily what I'm singing. It's the attitude I have towards what I'm singing that's really where I'm good. like, Oh, it's not this worship isn't moving me. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not the, that's not so much the, like you don't worship because you like the sound or you don't worship because you want it to move you. Right. So that's, I think that's where I, and that's the heart of her challenge. Yeah. And so I feel like for me, it was more of a heart check of why am I worshiping and less about what I'm singing? Mm -hmm. Because I feel like if your posture is to praise the Lord, then you can kind of sing any old worship song because it's a, it's you're like, Lord, here, here I am. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. whatever, what, like this is me and in, in all of its form. So it was definitely a heart check for me more in, the posture in which I worshiped and less of the content yeah. of which I worshiped from, good. if that That's makes good. sense. Yeah, totally. It also, I think what, what she's saying, I think is helpful for songwriters, like worship songwriters, yeah. because people, you, you know, the intention may be to love God, to honor God, to worship God. Um, but then when people do it or hear it or something like that, they, they do a song and, or they, they sing along to it. Mm-hmm. They may not 
understand your intention yeah. and it could form them theologically in a way that you're not, ex- that's not expected. Right. Um, one song that kind of made me think that was gratitude by Brandon Lake. Mm-hmm. So I like the song, mm-hmm. but the bridge bothers me. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. So, so think about this. So like, so the song is a pretty beautiful song about, you know, I don't have the words to express how much I'm grateful for God. And you know, it's called gratitude mm-hmm. chorus beautifully says, so I throw up my hands and praise you again and again. Cause all that I have is a hallelujah. Mm-hmm. And so it's got like this heart of worship kind of you know, coming back to the heart of worship thing. But then the bridge he's, addressing his own soul and not God in -hmm. the same song. For example, he says, come on my soul. Oh, don't you get shy on me. Lift up your song because you've got a lion inside of those lungs. Get up and praise the Lord. That to me is confusing congregationally. Is it theologically wrong? I'm not going to go all that way or even say that Brandon Lake (laughs) isn't a brilliant songwriter because I think he is. But like that's confusing on a congregational level. Like you're you're, you're just shifting perspective. Like you're singing to God (laughs) and then all of a sudden you're singing to yourself Mm-hmm. and people get really, really hyped in that. Mm-hmm. And so like, you see him like, like kind of jumping around like, come on my soul. Yeah, and you're it's like, ooh, like ooh. bro, you're singing to your own soul right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're getting hyped about your own soul. Mm-hmm. And so also the lion is typically a metaphor or a sim- symbolism of the Lord and not so much that something in us. Yeah. And it's so like, we've got a lion where <laughs> it's either, it's either typically the Lord, the lion of Judah or the devil coming like a roaring lion. Yeah. It's <laughs> never about us. It's not us though. And so, um, but so, which is also confusing. So yeah. there is, as a songwriter, I feel like, do I question his heart? No, no, but that song can confuse people. Mm-hmm. And so that's where, I would say it's important to know your theology and then also to sing it in a way that, that a person can take in a way that makes sense. Yeah. So really what it's all about to me and to nuance this is ultimately it's about fit. Yeah. I think does the song fit what you're trying to do ministerially mm-hmm. in the service? Yeah. Does the song fit even within the tradition mm-hmm. that you're singing mm-hmm. or, or, or doing a song? And is it ultimately foundationally, is it a response to God's self-revelation? Yeah. If it is a response and it fits, then I think it's fair game. Then it's good. Yeah. And the problems that we come to is when it doesn't fit. Yeah. When we start shifting our focus, not as a response to God's self-revelation, but just like our focus back on ourselves. Yeah. That's what Stephanie said. Or like, about. I'm a good songwriter. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh-huh. <it>. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh. But then so much of it, I don't think we should get so legalistic where we're like, oh, we can't ever do these kind of songs. Mm-hmm. No, you can do them. You need to do them in a place that's appropriate. Right. Do them in a way that's appropriate. Yes. And that's just about a fit, which is a major category in aesthetics. Yeah. It's not a major category in theology. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people will approach doing songs like they were trained theologically. Yeah. But if you were trained aesthetically, mm-hmm. you know, certain colors go together, certain forms go together, yeah. certain things go together, they fit together, yeah. but the color themselves, those forms themselves are not bad in themselves. Mm-hmm. And in a different context, they might be awesome and beautiful or, or whatever. Yeah. But in this context, they don't fit. That's aesthetics. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I think we need to take a little bit of an aesthetic approach there. I agree. Yeah. I like it. And even as we, in this podcast over several of the episodes, we definitely warn against being too legalistic and nitpicky Mm -hmm. in all of the things. Like you don't have to go into your next church service and analyze and pick apart all of the songs. It's hard to do sometimes. (laughs) It's hard to do. And I think even as someone who's been a Bible college student and now has a master's degree, I... It, it, Congratulations, it, by the you. way. Thank you so this, much. This episode is going to come out like, <laughs> like later, but woo! but yes, she, she got it. <laughs> she, she got done. it. Um, but I think I, it, even for me, I'm like, I have a hard time sometimes just reading scripture and enjoying it because mm-hmm. my brain's like exegete it, 
exegete to make it theological. Uh, like, yeah. and so I think this goes hand in hand with that same thing where it's like mm. worship, worship out of a heart posture, mm-hmm. worship because you love the Lord, worship because you are thankful for all that he's done in your life. Thank him because he's, he's God period. And give people the benefit of doubt that they are trying to do the same thing. Yeah. Like it doesn't have to be a worship competition or mm-hmm. I sing better accurate songs than you do or whatever. And I think we just need to make sure that in our efforts to love the Lord and praise the Lord and be theologically accurate, we're not bulldozing over people's right. Um, <laughs> people's worship <laughs> mm-hmm. that we are acknowledging and that everyone has their worship style and that everyone is worshiping the Lord, even mm-hmm. if it's different than yours and that they're singing songs that the Lord is moving through them and that people who wrote songs you may not agree with wrote them out of a praise and a call of God. Yeah. And that's really important that it's like these people were writing their worship because they were feeling and connected to the Lord. And they felt like that was something that they were being led to do. And so I think we do have to make sure that we're balancing the respect Mm -hmm. of, of, of people who are writing worship songs out of their love for Mm -hmm. the Lord and that we are when they are worshiping out of their love for the Lord and that we're making sure we're not getting too legalistic, too judgmental for people who are expressing their love of Jesus and their, and their love of God. So don't be a heresy hunter. Yeah. Don't be a heresy. That's great. Yeah. If we had merch, (laughs) (laughs) don't be a heresy hunter. hunter. But at the same time, the big challenge here is examine your own heart Mm -hmm. in worship. Yep. Making sure that it is actually turning towards God after his self-revelation to you. Yes. So yeah, let that, let that message come to you before you bring it to somebody else. Absolutely. (laughs) That's good. That's good. That's good. Well, that's what we've got for you this week, friends. And before we go, we don't want you to forget that this podcast is sponsored by the school of theology and ministry at life Pacific university. We will see you guys next week. See you later.